The story of the wise men visiting the Christ child is a, a pretty familiar one to us. Uh, we uh, see it in pageants. We see it in nativity scenes. We sing uh, songs like We Three Kings of Orient Are. Um, uh, this, the story is a, a fairly familiar one, but I think it's a, a pretty intriguing one. There are some interesting things that we can pull out of it that are helpful to us in our walk with Christ. Now, we don't know a whole lot about these wise men. I mean, they're called magi. We'll explain what that is in a few minutes, but they're called, they're what we call them wise men. We, we often see them represented by three wise men, but there could have been several of them. There's, just, there's three gifts, uh, so there could have been many, many wise men. We know that they came from a long distance to the east, uh, Persia, which is probably modern-day Iraq or Iran. Uh, and we know that, um, although it doesn't, even, it doesn't even really tell us if they're men or women, although if they would have been women, there are some things that would have been much different. For instance, they would have arrived on time and they would have helped to deliver the baby. <laughs> they probably would have helped clean the stable and brought something practical like baby wipes or a casserole. And then finally, there would have been peace on earth. Now, the four lessons the wise men can teach us, um, we're going to begin with the first one. The first one is God makes every effort to reach every person who is far away from him. God makes every effort to reach every person who is far away from him. Now, the first that we read of these wise men is when they arrive in Jerusalem, which, of course, was the, the capital of Israel, the Jewish capital of Israel. And in verse two, it says, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We have saw his star in the east and we have come to worship him. So just like the Blues Brothers, the wise men were on a mission from God. Their mission is to find the newborn king of the Jews and to, and to worship him, to acknowledge him. You know, what's, what's fascinating about these men is, is what they have to teach us about God. And that is that God makes every effort to reach every person, no matter how far they are from him. Now, we have to remember that these wise men would have been Gentiles. They were not Jews who had been seeking the king of the Jews. Uh, the Jewish people, of course, would have been waiting for the Messiah for a long time, waiting for the Messiah to come, who would deliver them from their, their sins, deliver them from Roman oppression, and kind of usher in a new era of, of national peace and, and prosperity. And so they were waiting for this Christ child, this Messiah to come. And yet, the signal to the wise men was that God was also calling the Gentile people to come to the Christ. Now, of course, they didn't share the religion of the Jews. They were Magi, which Magi were kind of a combination of, of scholars, really you know, bright intellectual scholars, scientists, but also kind of combining that with kind of a cultic astrologer. They would read the stars and make predictions and, and different things. They were academics, but they were magicians and astrologers, which were practices in the Old Testament that God forbade for his people. And yet God chooses to use the star to call these scientists slash astrologers to come and see Jesus. And what this tells us is that God never abandons anyone, that there is no one beyond his reach, that there is never anyone too far gone. And if God can, use, can reach pagan Gentile astrologers, then he certainly can still be working on people who we may think are too far gone. God never gives up on anyone and uses whatever means necessary to reach them, to help them to come to Christ. And in this case, he uses this huge astronomical uh, event, a star, to signal to the Magi that they need to search for and find and worship this baby king. 
Now, how is this how is this relevant for us today? Well, in this day and age, we must remember that that not everybody is familiar with the story of Christ. Not everybody is raised in the church. Not everybody understands church language and lingo. And they don't understand their need to seek out Christ. Sometimes we can act baffled by why people don't want to follow Christ or want to be a part of a church or, or want to be a Christian. But many times it's simply because they have no foundation and it's not part of their upbringing. You know, God reaches out to all people at all times to, to bring them close to him, to bring him and draw them to his son Jesus. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, isn't it? The incarnation, God becoming flesh, becoming one of us, walking this earth, speaking our language, eating our food, experiencing the culture of the people of his day, working alongside of them so that they could meet him, so they could see his need for him, so they could seek him and, and find him. And God expects us to have much the same motivation and action. God doesn't want us to compromise our integrity or to violate his commandments, but he expects us to, like him, to use whatever means necessary to reach people in a language and in a way that they can understand the good news of Jesus Christ. I mean, think of a person that you think is too far gone, who you know wants absolutely nothing to do with the church or Christianity or, or with Christ. Remember, God continues to love them. God continues to pursue them. God wants to bring them to Christ, and he wants us to be a part of that. He wants us to help him in that. And we can do so by, by sensitively and appropriately looking for ways that God is working in their life and, and point that out, saying God's trying to bring, your attention, bring you to and get your attention. So the first lesson from the wise men is that God makes every effort to reach every person who is far away from him. The second lesson is that God wants us to diligently seek him. We need more than knowledge about Christ. We need to seek him personally. You know, the danger that we can fall into sometimes is that we, we can confuse knowing about Jesus Christ with knowing him. The truth is we can have all sorts of knowledge about the Bible. We can, be, we can follow his commandments. We can do all these things and still miss the point of the Christian faith which is to know Christ, to seek him, to follow him, to obey him. And in, in these Gentile pagan um, astrologers, they set a great example for us. They have just limited information about Jesus. And they travel 500 to 1,000 miles to seek him, probably a journey of maybe three or more months. And that journey would have cost them time. It would have cost them money. It would have cost them precious gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But they had limited faith, and they acted upon it, limited knowledge, and they made an effort to seek out and to find the Christ. We can contrast that with, the, with King Herod and the religious leaders of Jerusalem. These people had a firm grasp of the Bible. They, they knew the law. They were trying to live it out to the best of their ability. They did the rituals. They, they followed all the commandments. They knew about God from the Holy Scriptures. And yet when the wise men show up, what's their reaction? They, they seem stunned and surprised that this Messiah had been born. In fact, it says they're troubled, they're disturbed upon hearing the news. They, they had no clue their king had been born, and it took these, these magi 
from another land, another religion, to come and to tell them about the Messiah. Now, you can imagine how that would have gone over, not very well. It would be like if maybe a, a practitioner of, of witchcraft or magic came to, to, to our church and said, Hey, Jesus is in your midst and you've missed it. You miss it because you're concerned about the letter of the law rather than seeking Christ and seeking a relationship with him. Now, unlike these wise men who have traveled hundreds of miles in many, many days to worship the Christ, Herod and, and religious leaders of Jerusalem couldn't even be bothered to travel six miles. Bethlehem, six miles from Jerusalem. They couldn't be bothered to travel six miles to seek out and worship the Christ. He even sends off the, the wise men, King Herod does, to, to, to go and find him and report back to him. There's no mention of anybody from King Herod's court or religious leaders who at least go to check out and see if the Magi's story is, is true. So we can have knowledge of the Bible. We can even have religious convictions. We can even live out God's commands to the best of our ability. And we can miss the point if we don't seek out Christ personally. The Bible tells us that when we seek him, we'll find him. Jesus said, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. The author of Hebrews writes, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. The Magi were rewarded for their journey of faith to meet Christ. And we will be too when we seek him and we, and we find him. The second thing we can learn from the wise men is God wants us to seek him diligently. Third lesson we can learn from the wise men is we need, we're called to, worship Christ. You know, worship with Christ, where Christ is concerned, is not an option. Philippians chapter 2 says that someday, one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. And so we can choose to either worship him in this life, or we can choose to bow in submission at the judgment seat. We are created to worship him. And one of the first things the wise men did, it says in the scripture, is when they got there, they bowed down and they worshipped him. Much like the shepherds did when they came to the cradle and, and, and the stable. It says in verse 11, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold and of frankincense and of myrrh. They bowed down and they worshipped you know, one way to, to, to worship is to bow down low because it signifies that you acknowledge that person's authority over you. That's why when we talk about we must receive Christ, it involves an act of worship, of submission, where we, we bow down in a sense and we acknowledge that he has control over us, that he has authority over us, and we offer our lives to him. And the wise men, they do this. And when they worship him, they also do something else. They present a gift, an offering, it says. Three gifts as a sign of, of worship. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it's instructive to, to know that the verb to worship also means to offer something. And so when we worship, we, we come and we, we, we give an offering. We, we worship. We offer our time. We offer our talent. We offer our treasure. We offer something that's, that's valuable to us. The Magi brought something very valuable. And their worship came at great cost. To themselves. The first was gold, treasure deserving of a king. 
The second was frankincense, a, a fragrant offering offered up to God during sacrificial worship. The third, of course, was myrrh, which is an expensive oil used to, to prepare a body for, for burial. In fact, myrrh, we're told in the New Testament, it was, was what was used to embalm Jesus to, when, he, when he died. And it's, it's interesting to wonder if that was actually the, maybe Mary saved that gift and that was used to bury Jesus. We don't know. But either way, it was a gift for a Savior who was willing and who did die for, for us all. And each of these gifts came at significant cost. You know, true heartfelt worship should cost us something. What do we bring and what do we offer to Christ? which is costly to us. What do, we, what do we bring and lay at his feet as we worship him? So the third lesson we learn from the wise men is the importance and the call to worship Christ, to offer him something of great value from our lives. The fourth lesson of the wise men is we need to continue to be open to God's spirit and leading. There's never a point in our lives when we can say that we've arrived in the sense that, that we've got the Christian life all figured out, is there? We need to seek Christ. We need to worship Him. We need to offer something to Him. But these are not to be one-time events. We must continue to remain open to God's leading. Scripture concludes by telling us about the Magi. They, they did this in verse 12. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their route by another, returned to their country by another route. So even though these wise men, they find the Christ child and they worship him and they bring something, an offering of great cost to themselves, they're not done. It's not, well, I've done my duty, I've done my thing, I've completed the task, I'm going back to my regular life. Their seeking God did not end with meeting Jesus. They continued to remain open to him. And God gave them a message in a dream. Now, remember these men were astrologers and magicians along with being academics and scientists. And so one of their jobs would have been to interpret dreams. And so God, again, chooses to speak to them in a way, in a language uh, that they can understand, in a dream. And they recognize that this dream is a message from God. And they obey. They don't go back to tell Herod. And as a result, Jesus isn't killed as a young child. Now, the point is clear for us. Just because we have sought Christ and we have found him doesn't mean we're at the end of the journey spiritually. It's only the beginning. God wants us to be open to the leading of his spirit. It may not be a dream, but he still speaks to each of us today through his word, through prayer, through worship, through other believers, through the circumstances of our lives, through the leadings of his spirit. What place are you at today? Are you the one far from God that is hearing the call to return to Christ, remember that God continues to seek you, no matter your background, no matter what you've done, no matter where you come from. If you seek him, you will find him, and you will be rewarded for your journey of faith. Maybe you're a seeker who's still checking things out, wondering about this, this, this whole thing in Christ. Don't give up on the journey because you don't have all the answers yet, because God has not and will not give up on you. If you seek him, you will find him. Lastly, are you opening yourself up to, up to God's continued leading in your life? Are you, are you worshiping him? Are you offering him? Are you offering him your lives? Are you allowing him to speak to you, uh, to, to lead you and to guide you, to follow his agenda wherever it may lead you? You know, 2013 is about to end. It's hard to believe, isn't it? And as we look to 2014... 
Here's a challenge for us as individuals. Here's a challenge for us as a church. May we seek Jesus diligently with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. May we worship Jesus, offering him all of ourselves, all of our lives for his purposes and will. And may we continue to be open to the Lord's leading. May we walk in obedience and trust and faith. May we bow down and worship him as our Lord, our Savior, and our King. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we again thank you for the example of your word. We thank you, Father, for the example of the wise men who sought you, who brought a great offering to you, who worshipped you, and who responded to your leading in obedience. Help us, O God, to be people who do likewise. Help us to continually seek you, Lord. As we do so, we know that you will reveal yourself to us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be people who, uh, who worship you, who, who offer our very lives to you as an act of, of worship and love and gratitude. And Lord Jesus, help us as well to be people who are sensitive and to your Spirit's leading, who listen for your voice, who hear your voice, and who do not delay or deny, but who act, who obey Lord Jesus, may that be so in our lives as individuals, and may this be so in our lives as a a church. We thank you, Father. And we thank you that that you lead us to your Son, Jesus. And that in the process, we find the greatest gift of all, your love and your grace. We ask this, and we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.